college basketball season is heating up and a team that sure is hot. West Virginia women's basketball. Under first-year head coach Mark Kellogg, the Mountaineers are on fire this season. And they're coming up on a huge rematch with Iowa State this weekend at the WVU Coliseum. So as we're about near the midpoint of Big 12 play, let's get a pulse check on the Mountaineer women's basketball team here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast, which is presented by Elite Roofing and Construction. Roof with the best or leak with the rest. Nick Farrell here alongside Golden Blue Nation digital reporter Kevin Redfern, who has in his first year with Golden Blue Nation, a Chicago native and graduate of Arizona State University, is now the biggest, biggest news hound when it comes to Big 12 women's basketball. Uh, when you said check the pulse or have a pulse check on this WVU women's basketball team, <laughs> I'm not sure how to respond to that because I would say that it's beating off the charts, off the charts, but that would imply <laughs> some sort of heart malfunction. But no, yeah, the Big 12 women's basketball is crazy right now. It's just as crazy as the men's side. Uh, come February, March, it's going to be a bloodbath. There's going to be some inter intra-conference cannibalism, whether it be in conference play or in the conference tournament, let alone before we even get into the NCAA tournament, which the Big 12 should have a fair dose of teams competing in uh, come March. But yeah, I mean, how could you not love Big 12 basketball right now? Absolutely. So, Kevin, we're going to recap the action that we've seen so far in Big 12 play for the Mountaineers and take a look at what's to come, including an early postseason forecast, not just for the Big 12 tournament, but for the NCAA tournament. Next week, the Mountaineer men's basketball team has a week off because gone are the days of the Big 12 SEC challenge. So uh, all of the men's teams have essentially a de facto open week. That's next week, and we'll talk about the men's team on the Golden Blue Nation podcast next week. So uh, if you're looking for that, keep an eye out for it in about seven days. But right now, the women's team is in that situation where it has an open midweek, no midweek game this week, getting ready for that home game against Iowa State. That is massive. Uh, so time for that pulse check, Kevin, right? <laughs> this team has been superb. Losses to Texas and Iowa State, yes, two teams that are near the top of the Big 12 standings. Right now, West Virginia is technically in fifth place in the Big 12 due to the fact that Texas has a tiebreaker over it in the league standings. Uh, but man, oh man, is this team good defensively. Shut out Houston in the first quarter at home. First time in program history that that's happened since the move to quarters from halves to quarters in Division I women's basketball in 2015-16. Did it against Cincinnati and did it again the next outing on the road at Cincinnati. Sorry, did it against Houston at home and then did it again at Cincinnati, becoming the first Division I women's basketball team to shut out a team in a quarter in back-to-back -back games. And I mean, beyond that, the stats really speak for themselves about how good this team is defensively. Number one in the nation in steals per game, just under 15 per game. Number one in turnover margin, nearly plus 10 in that stat. And then top five in another category in turnovers forced per game. This team steals 15 a game and forces opponents into 25 turnovers a game. That's going to be a long night for any team. And to put that into perspective a little bit, you might, if you're listening, you might not know it. What's the average a, a, a mediocre or middle of the pack team gets in steals per game? So let's add some perspective here. They're averaging 25 turn, about 25 turnovers forced per game. WVU only forced 25 turnovers four times in 2022. All four of those games came in non-conference play. They only did it twice in 2021. Both those games were non-conference. 
they only did it once in 2020 against Kansas State and didn't do it at all in 2019. Wow. So you kind of see like an exponential growth or decay, however you look at it there. But that's just how unique and how top of the line defensively they are playing if you haven't really looked at steals, turnovers, things of that nature in the past. By the numbers, I mean, dominating the defensive uh, statistics. I think it, the one that they that Mark Kellogg would like to see improve there regarding turnovers would be the turnover to assist ratio. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're looking strictly at defensive and defensive volume stats, no one better than West Virginia, arguably. Mountaineers are also number six in the nation in three-point defense. Opponents shoot about 24% from beyond the arc against the Mountaineers. That's second best in the Big 12. Kansas State, the team that leads the conference in that category, 21.6% three-point field goal defense. Uh, the Wildcats, as of recording this podcast, are also undefeated in Big 12 yeah. play and lead the conference. Um, so definitely K-State is a team to watch in the defensive category as well. But, you know, Kevin, you just listed an insane stat and we talked about what we were going to discuss. We have talking points for this podcast, right? But you didn't tell me you were going to share that stat about how many times uh, that they that they forced that many turnovers in games. Keep in mind that Mike Carey's thing when he coached the Mountaineers, and that would have been 2021 when they did it, what, twice forcing 25 yes, or more right. turnovers, right? Mm -hmm. Mike Carey's thing was physical for 40, want to play good defense, want to turn teams over and get out in transition. But, you know, that is absolutely Mark Kellogg's trademark, right? Mm. That's why his teams at Stephen F. Austin won and reached the NCAA tournament. He's one of the winningest active Division I women's basketball coaches in terms of winning percentage, sixth winningest among active coaches at the start of this season. And all he's done is win games again at yeah. WVU. He's been able to elevate that up-tempo, fun-to-watch style, take it from Stephen F. Austin and bring it to a Power 5 women's basketball program and has had immediate success. Yeah, it's, it's cool to see because when you talk about coaching in, in any sport, how can you get complete and total buy-in and change into a program in a one-year span, in a two-year span? And I think that's exactly what's going on in their facility right now is it might not be an individual coaching thing where Mark Kellogg was able to set goals and achieve those with each individual player. It was more of like a mindset, a culture change, if you will. I kind of throw that term around willy-nilly. But the reason you're seeing that much growth that fast, that's that astounding to be honest it is some sort of deep program based cultural change that's happened over the past year i think it also is important to note that kellogg did inherit oh, an absolute star sure. in jj quinterly too right like he not only has done all the things that you just mentioned but also has the personnel to make mm -hmm. it happen, right? West Virginia made the NCAA tournament last year. Not everybody from that team has returned. Madison Smith was obviously uh, one of the best uh, women's basketball players at WVU in the last decade, certainly one of the best point guards, right? Um, she, she graduated. But retaining J.J. Quinterly has been huge uh, because you know, she's the type of player that is a program maker. She was named to the Ann Myers Drysdale Top 10 uh, this week, which is the award given to the best shooting guard in Division I women's basketball. I believe she was also the Big 12 Player of the Week last week after having eight steals against Cincinnati in a road game. Um, you wrote a story that I was really intrigued by uh, recently at GoldenBlueNation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app, Kevin, and that was, you know, Quinterly's progression has been astounding so far. All-Big 12 freshman team two years ago. Last year, she was one of three unanimous selections to the All-Big 12 first team. What's next, though? Like, what's her ceiling? Is it realistic that she could be an All-American caliber player this season or next year as a senior? And then if you're talking All-American, you've got to be talking 
pro basketball after that sure. WNBA type of player, right? Like, mm -hmm. I know that we, we've talked with Coach Kellogg about this. Uh, what's your take on that? It, J.J. Quinley has a luxury in this situation if we're talking about this constant progression, and that's time. She's still very young. She's still got a couple of years now to reach that status if she wants to. Um, but it's an example of, like you said, the luxury Mark Kellogg has of having a prolific or proficient, I should say, score in J.J. Quinley. Um, and then mixing that with that kind of culture change that I was just talking about. Um, and if she's able to get to that next step, to be the Big 12 Player of the Year, to be an All-American player, I think you and I both have talked about this in the past, it's gonna come down to decision-making. The two things that are holding her back right now are her foul counts and her turnovers. And those are each happening about three, four times per game. I don't have the numbers on that right now. Um, and I think when you see those lapses in judgment and decision-making comes with this style of play that Mark Kellogg's brought into the program, it's fast, it's transition-based, it's defensive-oriented, and it's tough to process in that sort of environment. So I think maybe another year, maybe another half year with Mark Kellogg, you could still see another jump from J.J. Quinterly, where she's only having two or three turnovers a game, where she's only fouling once or twice a game. Then you'll see assist numbers will likely go up from that, minutes will go up, points, everything. So. Those are kind of, that's like the crux of this discussion, and I think Mark Kellogg has talked about that over the last couple of weeks. I think you asked him about it uh, once or twice. And, and once you see the decision-making kind of get buttoned up, and maybe it's a matter of just being comfortable within that scheme, that's when you'll see maybe her reach another level of that ladder. So the turnover number, and I did just look this up, is 55 in 18 games, which works out to be about three per, right? And some of the games, she's had them in bunches. Uh, and I think that the key yes. for her uh, next steps is to be more consistent in having that number be three or lower mm. every game. And, and yeah, Coach Kellogg, you know, pointed out, too, that um, when they beat Houston at home, they were kind of forcing passes late because they wanted to have all their active players get on the score sheet. And so maybe that's what resulted in a few turnovers that wouldn't have happened in the normal run of play, right? But, man, she has been sensational. She's a bucket getter. She's a good passer. And she is absolutely outstanding on defense uh, she really is the engine that makes that thing go but I think we also have to give credit too to a couple of other players yep. who are really solid on the defensive end and that would be Jordan Harrison and Lauren Fields both of them transfers who came into the program after Kellogg took over Harrison transferring from Stephen F Austin where she was the conference player of the year uh, in the WCC last season uh, freshman of the year I should say conference freshman of the year and then Lauren Fields is a player who has Big 12 experience is a former all Big 12 honoree went to Arizona didn't exactly work out last season. Now she's here at WVU and is averaging 10 plus per game and is and is also getting the job done on the defensive end as well. Yeah. At one point, all of those players, Quinterly Harrison and uh, Fields, were all averaging at least 11 points per game and at least two and a half steals per game. I mean, that is a super impressive stat about their production on both ends of the floor. Yeah, and Fields, Quinterly, Harrison are the top three stealers in the conference. Kyle Watson is the fifth, and uh, for a moment there, they were the top four players in the conference in steals. That You don't see that in any conference. Four players from the same team dominating any corner of the stat sheet. Um, but kind of you mentioned it, when you have a returning core and a player like J.J. Quinterly, you also have a role player in Jayla Hemingway. Then you have Lauren Fields with Big 12 experience in a different program, 
And then you've got Jordan Harrison to kind of bridge this gap between player and coach with Mark Kellogg and the rest of the team. It's kind of just like this perfect cocktail for success. It's exactly what you're looking for, coachable players. And then when you get that buy-in that we talked about, this is the thing, this is what makes up teams that have 15-2 and two records. We're going to discuss the game against Iowa State, which is coming up Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. at the Coliseum, a little bit deeper in just a bit. But while we are lauding the aggressive defense, it does seem, and there is some evidence to this, Kevin, that this team's kryptonite is an opponent with size. Mm -hmm. And that's something that Iowa State has and utilized uh, at Hilton Coliseum when the Mountaineers lost by 10 points, blowing a double-digit lead on the road. Yeah, I mean, sizes and rebounding, that was the issue. We knew this was going to be an issue. Mark Kellogg was telling us this before the season even started. Um, and, and that's where you're, you're going to try to get some production out of your role players, out of your wings, your Lauren Fields, your uh, Tears of Moors, uh, Tavi Diggs. Like, you're just going to need them to play like a five and to rebound at a higher level uh, in order to make up for that. But at the same time, when you're shooting the three ball as well as you are as West Virginia is, and when you're defending the three ball as well as they are, it, it makes sense that they've had that success while still not necessarily dominating on the boards or even really being as competitive as some of the other top teams in the conference. A couple of key points to add on to that, Kevin, too, is that Tears of Moore has missed the last four games yeah. for West Virginia. It's possible she could return against Iowa State. She's been day-to-day -day for the last several days. And in that game against Iowa State, where West Virginia lost by double digits, it shot histor historically bad, had a historically bad night from beyond the arch. Mm -hmm. 12 of 43, I think the number was, with 43 three-point field goal attempts being a program yeah, record. Almost a school <laughs> record exceeded only one other time by the men's basketball team in a game against LSU in 2005 when that squad shot either 45 or 46 threes, <laughs> but still went about 33%. I think the number was 15 for 45. So uh, if West Virginia at home shoots it better from beyond the arc this weekend, uh, that would be a key against Iowa State. We'll continue to discuss that matchup with the Cyclone and look ahead at the second half of Big 12 play all the way up to the Big 12 tournament which has a new format this season and uh, is going to be ultra competitive just as we've seen through these first six plus games in the regular season. All of that coming up on the Golden Blue Nation podcast after a quick word from our sponsors. Elite Roofing and Construction is West Virginia's and the region's top reliable roofing professionals. Elite Roofing LLC specializes in residential and commercial roofing services and is dedicated to providing customer service that is second to none. Whether you have a new construction project or need to replace an old or damaged roof, Elite Roofing offers roofing repair and replacement services with free estimates. We also work with a variety of roofing types, including metal, shingle, tile, and rubber roofing. All of our work is completed by trained and certified roofing specialists. We never use subcontractors to complete any of our work. We work with insurance and financing is available. Elite Roofing and Construction, roof with the best or leak with the rest. Despite the ill-fated efforts of President Biden and his wealthy New York friends, West Virginia coal is thriving and being shipped to 45 countries worldwide. Given its high quality and clean burning properties, countries across the globe are demanding and consuming it, and in-state production continues to grow. With billions of dollars of recent investment in West Virginia mining operations, combined with the reliability of our coal-fired electric manufacturing facilities, West Virginia coal is here to 
stay. No other fuel in the world matches West Virginia coal for base load generation and steel making. Like a good friend, it's always been and always will be there, keeping the lights on and contributing greatly to our growing economy. In fact, coal continues to sustain 50,000 plus West Virginia jobs, putting food on the table for Mountain State families. Visit friendsofcoal.org to learn more. A message from the Friends of Coal. The Golden Blue Nation podcast continues, presented by Elite Roofing and Construction. Roof with the best or leak with the rest. Nick Farrell and Kevin Redfern here with you. A midseason pulse check, midseason of Big 12 play pulse check on the Mountaineer women's basketball team. Next week, we'll do this same song and dance on the men's basketball team as we get ready for the second half of conference play for the men. But first, Kevin, we'll talk about Iowa State more here in just a little bit. I want to look ahead to the new format for the Big 12 tournament. Um, 14 teams, the league has expanded, and so it is expanding its tournament field. Uh, typically, the men's and women's basketball tournaments in the past had been 10 teams with games played over a span of four days. Now it's going to be 14 teams with games played over a span of five days. Uh, the tournament this year is going to run through Thursday, March 7th until Tuesday, March 12th in Kansas City. The bottom four teams are going to play March 7th in the first round. They'd have to win four games to reach the championship or five to win a title. Meanwhile, new this season is a double bye for the top four teams in this 14-team field. That means that if you're a top four seed, you need to win twice to reach the championship game or three times to win a conference title. Right now, West Virginia technically fifth in the Big 12, behind Texas, a team that it lost to earlier this season. And so that tiebreaker puts West Virginia technically behind the Longhorns in the standings. Meanwhile, Iowa State is 6-1 and one and sitting pretty. But if West Virginia wins this game against Iowa State coming up Saturday, gets to 6-2 and two in conference, that really changes things and is going to shape up the top, shake up the top five or six in the Big 12 Conference. I know that that's still a long way away, right? We've got six more weeks of basketball to play before the Big 12 tournament. And as we've seen with a number of teams in the conference, namely TCU this year, right? Anything can happen. Yep. You never know what's going to happen with your team in terms of injuries, uh, players maintaining their ability, their, their hot hand, whatever it is. But this game Saturday at the Coliseum is huge for both of these teams, especially West Virginia, though, since it lost the first meeting against Iowa State earlier this month. And in this game on Saturday, they actually have a little bit of a luxury themselves because they get redemption. They have a chance, I should say, to get redemption against Iowa State. You only get Kansas State one time. There ain't no in conference. You get them in, Man in Manhattan. You only get Oklahoma once. You already played Texas the one time of the season. So... Those are one and done. You get one crack at those teams. Iowa State, team you already lost, so you get a chance to get a win back here and potentially shake things up in the tiebreaker realm. And, and they're really, logically, the only team in that top five right now that WVU can chase, and that's within their own destiny, and they control that. Uh, in my opinion, that's why it's so big. Um, Texas, 5-2 right now in the Big 12, 18-2 overall. It's going to be hard to chase them. Kansas State, they look like they're a juggernaut. It's going to be hard to chase them, and that game in Manhattan is going to be tough. Uh, so these games against quality conference opponents at home, you need to take care of business. And if you want that double buy, and that's going to be super coveted this year, that's what it's going to take. And so far, West Virginia has done that, right, with the exception of right, Texas totally. yeah. uh, uh, holding down home court. The mm -hmm. only loss of the season for the Mountaineers at home came against the Longhorns. They're a team that, that 
has seemed to have figured things out without Rory Harmon, their all-conference point guard. She went down with an ACL injury before the uh, start of 2024. And Texas is still looking like it might contend for a Big 12 title. Kansas State also hit with some adversity, too. I believe Aoka Lee, Mm -hmm. uh, the the star center for the Wildcats, also picked up an injury and is going to miss a couple more more weeks. But K-State has not missed a beat yet. Has a lot of really, really good players on that roster, including Gabby Gregory. Uh, So, yeah, the, the Wildcats are definitely very good. When you look at Iowa State... No more Ashley Jones. She was a, a once-in-a-lifetime player yeah. for the Cyclones, one of the most prolific scorers in Division One women's basketball history, uh, now playing in the WNBA. Really, though, the, the player that gives West Virginia the, the most headaches, or at least did so in the previous meeting, was Audie Crooks, number 55. I mean, when she's out on the floor, you can't miss her. She is going to score when she gets the ball inside of five feet to the basket, right? And that is a huge issue for this West Virginia team. We talked about the size a moment ago. Crooks is the type of player that is maybe West Virginia's worst nightmare from a matchup standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played really, really well. I know she impressed you, Kevin, in the first yeah. meeting between these teams, uh, and, and they're definitely going to try to feed it to her again Saturday. Yeah, if she can stay out of foul trouble and kind of get her minutes count up to 25 points or 25 minutes a game and play 25 minutes against WVU, it's going to be tough. I mean, she's a very athletic presence within the paint, can pretty much just drop that pivot foot and score on anyone on the WVU roster. So it's going to take some game planning from Mark Kellogg and the defense, which, I mean, you can't really – I mean, it, if there's one guy you want game planning your defense, it's probably Mark Kellogg. Um, but yeah, Audie Crooks, Addie Brown, the freshman duo for Iowa State. I mean, talk about a program that's going to be competitive in the Big 12 for years to come. I mean, you, uh, I, w- I don't know about you. When I think about Big 12 basketball, both men's and women's, I don't necessarily think about Iowa State. But it looks like that they're really ha- they really got a good solid footing uh, going into the rest of this year and the next couple of years. Yeah, it's Bill Fenley is the most veteran coach in the Big 12 Conference. He always does a fantastic job uh, with these Cyclones teams. They're always really difficult matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, last year, Iowa State, with Ashley, Ashley Jones uh, at the helm, won uh, the Big 12 tournament title a season ago. And Emily Ryan, I believe, is still on that team. She's, a, she's their point guard. She's really efficient, like just a real solid pass first point guard who is scrappy and and smart with running the offense um, they've been really really solid again this season they do have a Jones girl on the team still I believe it's Kelsey Jones who is yep. Ashley's younger sister right mm-hmm. um, she's maybe I believe she's also a freshman um, not has it doesn't have a huge role but still a solid uh, minutes per game and points per game yep. average in, in a support role this year so so yeah I mean they're definitely going to give West Virginia some trouble it's a huge game for one of these teams it, it, for both of these teams it may not decide if one no. of them wins the conference or right. not but when we when we get to the point in the in the year where it's time to hand out those double buys come March mm-hmm. this is likely a game that we're going to look back on yeah. as why one of these teams got it well and another thing to mention too is if you if West Virginia does win the game on Wednesday, it makes their final stretch of the season that, or maybe not their final, but the mid-February tough stretch where they've got, they host Oklahoma, then they go to Manhattan for Kansas State, and then they play Baylor at home. I mean, that's probably their toughest three-game stretch of the season. If you win this one against Iowa State, you could almost give yourself one in that stretch. And, and I mean, you don't expect a loss, but it makes it easier to stomach when or if that happens. If you lose Iowa State and then you go into that three-game stretch and you potentially drop two, I would say it'd be very difficult to be getting a double bye at that point. 
What about the larger picture for the NCAA tournament, Kevin? This is a team that under Don Plitzelwhite in her one season at WVU did go to the NCAA tournament last year. There was a boon for Big 12 teams as a whole. Six of the 10 teams qualified for the national tournament. Uh, 60% of the league, that was the best of any conference in the country. I I think six is probably the right number from the Big 12 right now. Like seven is a stretch because Oklahoma State seems okay, uh, but just hasn't beaten a Power 5 opponent outside of league play. Um, And so if you're going to look at the non-con resume for the Cowgirls this year, it just probably isn't going to be strong enough. Uh, For example, losing to a Penn State team that West Virginia beat running away at home right so I think six is the number and right now West Virginia is on the fringe of that six it's another reason why this game against Iowa State is so important right yeah yeah. I mean making and that's the thing WVU's non-conference schedule outside Penn State is nothing to sell right right Right. so I mean that's something you have in the Big 12 where you can kind of make up for that when you're playing a ranked team every single week um but in getting these these power these Big Twelve wins in the regular season before the tournament, anyone can go on a run in the tournament in a five day stretch. But if you can get these high tier wins that can bump your net ranking or your RPI or whatever they use, uh, it, those are going to be the things that put a set, potentially put a seventh team like Oklahoma State in it. Um, West Virginia, if they play like they have been at the beginning of Big Twelve play, I don't see like that being a thing that they really sweat out. Um, but that's a big if. I mean, a lot can happen in two months. Yeah, you just outlined it. There's a lot of tough road trips that are right. coming up. Still some really quality opponents coming to Morgantown, yep. not just Iowa State, but Baylor here in a few weeks' time. Uh, it's all about continuing to sustain that success and that high level of play that's gotten West Virginia out to a fantastic start in the regular season. And the Mountaineers will hope to have it continue against Iowa State Saturday at 2 p.m. at the Coliseum. You can watch that game live on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. If you're interested in going to the game, it is a gold rush. The men are on the road playing at the same time at Oklahoma State. But if you're interested in going to support the Mountaineers, wear gold for the game against Iowa State. And as always, you can follow our coverage of all things West Virginia basketball at GoldenBlueNation.com on the free Golden Blue Nation app and by subscribing to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Our next episode will be published in one week. We'll do the same thing during the men's basketball team's, quote, open week where it doesn't play a midweek game. Mountaineer men on the road this weekend at Oklahoma State, then back home for a pair of games, including on the final day of January, Wednesday night against Cincinnati. There will be some old Big East vibes that night. Another game February 3rd against BYU before that long week stretch before a road trip to Texas for the final scheduled regular season meeting between those two teams. All right, that's a wrap on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We're brought to you by Elite Roofing and Construction. Roof with the best or leak with the rest. For Kevin Redfern, I'm Nick Farrell. We're signing off. We'll chat with you next week right here on the GBN Pod.